Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. I know that if we don't get the Bible right, everything else we do really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We, we can have great big camps and all kinds of things. But if we don't get the Bible right, um, the rest of it don't matter. So you, so you bear with me this morning. And let me ask this question before I get into the message. As is everybody here, you can answer out loud. If, you are, if someone preaches something that you don't agree with, what are you supposed to do? Exactly. You don't get mad. You don't storm off. You don't say, I'm never coming back. You say, I'm going to go home and see what the Bible says about that. Right? Listen, don't ever trust me. Trust what the Bible says. So after this message is over, you say, Bad Gary's lost his mind. I'm never coming back. I'm mad at him. Um, you can take me back and shoot me off if you want to. But really what you ought to do is you ought to go home and study and see what the Bible says. Right? And, and if the Bible's right, then uh, you ought to do what the Bible says. Amen. So let's get into the Word of God and... Um, Romans chapter 2, we'll pick up with verse 25. I'll give you just a minute to find that. We've been studying along, kind of bringing up speed where we're at. We have learned that those who do not hear the gospel, those who are in a place where there is no church and it's just, uh, there's no gospel there, they're still held accountable because there's enough evidence of God to, to show them that there is a God. We have learned that all those religious people going to church are, um, are going to be held accountable for getting this right. And what we're really learning is everybody is held accountable to get to where uh, where the gospel is at to go to heaven. In other words, there's no one's going to get a free pass that, that uh, they, they didn't know any better. <clears throat> and so with that thought continuing on, verse number 25, Romans chapter 2, verse number 25, <clears throat> For circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law, but if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision, uncircumcised keep the righteousness of the law, excuse me, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision, and shall not the uncircumcision be which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision just transgress the law for he is not a Jew which is one outwardly neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh but he is a Jew which is one inwardly and circumcision is that of the heart and in the spirit and not in the letter whose praise is not of men but of God let us pray Lord how I thank you for the service how I thank you for your sweet spirit how I thank you for your word and now, Lord, I just, I just lay down all of my abilities and all of my inadequacies, the Lord, here before you. And I pray they'd not see me, but I pray your word would speak to all of us, Lord. And Lord, I pray you'd open our eyes to a greater understanding of what you'd have us to be, I pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. And you can be seated. <clears throat> so, let me try to translate this, because the way it's worded, it may be just a little bit of a hang-up for us. So, um, 
I, I think we all understand what the word circumcision means, okay? And if we, could just, if we could just take this out of the Bible just for a minute, circumcision is a physical act. Are, are you with me? Circumcision is a physical act. It is something that is done uh, outwardly to the physical body. Circumcision. Now, in the Old Testament, circumcision was a symbol of being God's people. So in the Old Testament, you would hear things like uh, they, when David stepped out on the battlefield with Goliath, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He wasn't saying physically this man is uh, uh the circumcision wasn't the problem, is the fact that he is under the umbrella of those who don't know God. Are you guys with me? Does that, does that make sense? So, so here we're speaking uh, of, of something that happens physically, outwardly, but he's using it in a context that is referring to those that are God's people and those that are not. And so he says that if you're circumcised, uh, if you're keeping what God says to do, that profiteth if thou keep the law. Do we understand what that means? What he's saying is, yeah, there's a benefit to doing an outward deed and and it can bring you righteousness to do what God says if you do everything God says. Because James teaches us if you offend in one thing, you've you've blown it all, right? So what he's saying is you go out and you say, I am one of the circumcised. But if you don't keep all the rest of the law, you're going to die and go to hell. Right? So, so that circumcising doesn't really get you anywhere because you did one thing God said, but you didn't do it all. And then he goes on to say uh, that those who are not circumcised, if you'll have it, the people who are not the people of God, if they were to do everything God says, they could be the people of God. Okay? Are, are you following me? Is that making sense? Those who say they're the people of God and they're doing what God says, that might benefit them if they do everything God says. But if they don't do everything God says, they're no better than the lost person who's sinning against God. Are, are you following me? Is this, is this making sense? And those who are not the people of God could please God if they did everything God said. And then he used the word Jew. In verse number 28, he used the word Jew. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Now we know that the Jewish people were God's people. We all want to be God's people, right? They were, they were God's people. But he said, the Jew, the, the Jew, God's people, is not what is outward. It is what is inward. I don't know if you're getting this picture or not. This is so very important. And then he goes on to say that that in verse 29, but he is a Jew. He is one of God's people who is one inwardly and not one who is outwardly. He says is of the heart and of the spirit. Spirit is small s. Remember, we talked about spirit, soul and body. This is saying our spirit is connected with God and we are right with God. And then he says, not in the letter whose praise is not of man, but of God. So I don't know if that's confusing, but look on some of your faces. You didn't get all that. Let me just try to clarify it. If you say I'm God's people, if you say I'm a Christian and you're doing some good things, that would be commendable if you're doing everything right. But if you ain't doing everything right, it doesn't mean anything. And if you are a lost person, 
You could be justified before God if you do everything God says. But if you don't, you're lost. So, what is the problem with this? Does anybody know what the problem is? None of us can do everything right. None of us can do everything right. So whether you're saying I'm one of God's people or whether you're saying you're a lost person, Paul is saying if you're able to do everything God says, God would accept you. But nobody can. Not one person can do everything God says. So nobody, whether you're calling yourself a Christian or whether you're not, no one can do everything God says. Amen? No one can. So it is hopeless to even try to do everything God says. And, and that is where um, the, the, the blood of Jesus is what makes us acceptable because Jesus did everything God said. Now, if that made even the slightest amount of sense to you, I, I, I'm trying so hard to keep all of this in context, trying so hard to draw you a picture from, from the first chapter all the way through. We do the Romans road. We, are we familiar with the Romans road? Brother Terry, you know the Romans road, Right. And so someone's lost, they've never heard of, heard of the gospel before, they don't know anything about it. And we sit them, them down and we read to them Romans uh, 3.10 and it says this. It says, uh, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Then we go over to uh, Romans 3.23 and we say, for, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then we go through the whole plan of salvation, taking verses out of Romans, right? But what does these verses mean? We start out with them, but we need to put them in context. What does it mean? It means whether you are a Christian, whether you're a lost person, whoever you are, there's none good. And everybody has fallen short of what God expects. Everybody has. And that's a problem. That's a problem. So, Brother Charles, I'd like to go to heaven. How about you? But I'm not good enough to go. And no matter how hard I try, I'll never be good enough to go. I can't go by being good. And that is really the whole, uh, the whole argument Paul has been making for two chapters here is, is that no matter who you are, where you are, what you're doing, you'll never be good enough to go to heaven. Are you guys with me on this? Does this make sense? You'll never be good enough to go to heaven, okay? <clears throat> so, point number one, the righteousness through the flesh. Anything we do doing something good will not make us righteous. And I think this is a problem. See, it's good to help people who are in need. Amen, it's good to help people in need. If someone doesn't have any money and you go help them, that's a good thing. Does that make you righteous? No, it's a good thing to come to church. We've already heard this one. It's a good thing. I'm thankful you guys are faithful. To come. It's good to come to church. Does that make you righteous? No, it's good to pay tithes. It's good to read your Bible. It's good to pray. We can just go on. There's all these things that are good to do, but they will not make you righteous. Because if you don't do it all perfect, you're going to die and go to hell. Right? So, righteous works, righteousness in the flesh, outward righteousness, that's what he's referring to as circumcision. Things we do outwardly are never going to make us acceptable to God. If you believe this and if you understand this, we have to face the fact that I have nothing to offer. And I just fall down and accept Jesus. And that is salvation. 
and there's no other way to get to heaven. <clears throat> so here's where my heart is heavy. I'd like for you to turn to Matthew chapter 7 with me. There, here's where my heart is heavy. Here, here's where I'm going to, it's, it's going to get a little bit uh, rocky. But in Matthew chapter 7, very familiar scripture, <clears throat> I'd like for you to read it with me. Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 13, we, this is quoted all the time by preachers, it's been used a lot, but, but I'm going to challenge you that it may not mean what we think it means. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 13, enter ye in, well, first of all, where are we entering? We're entering to be, to go to heaven, right? That, that's, that's how you get in, we're entering to go into heaven. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth into, unto life, and few there be that find it. That kept me up all night long. All night long I thought about that and I wrestled with it and I thought about it. And here's how this is. And listen to me. If you don't agree with me, go home and see if I'm wrong, okay? Because I'm going to give you some new stuff this morning. All my life, this is how I've heard this preach, and I don't believe this is at all what it's meaning. All my life I've heard this. It's a, it's a narrow, straight gate, and you've got to live a really, really good life to stay on that straight and narrow. That's not what that means. I'm going to try and prove that that's not what that means. And there's a wide gate, which means you can just live any way you want to, and you're going to die and go to hell. Is that how we've always heard that preach? That's how we've always heard that preach. That's how I've always heard it. And then you go on to read, and I got, I mean, this thing kept me up all night long. I later just thought about it all night long. And then you go on to read, and then the very next thing it talks about in verse 15 on through, it talks about false prophets and, and how they will preach things, and then they'll produce fruit that's not righteous. So the preachers are preaching, and it's not producing what the Bible says they're supposed to be producing. And then a scary verse, in verse, uh, verse 22, same chapter there. Many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, you're my God. I am a Christian. Have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Does anybody see why this kept me up all night? <laughs> okay. So what does this scripture mean? What does this scripture mean? I believe there's a very narrow path to go to heaven on. And I believe there are a whole lot of people who think they're on that narrow path, and they're not on that narrow path. And at the end, they're going to say, I'm a Christian, and God's going to say, I never knew you. And they're going to die and go to hell. Now, does anybody here think when I stop right here in the message, does anybody think we need to make sure we get this right? Because it doesn't really matter about my opinion, doesn't matter what you've always been taught, doesn't matter about tradition, doesn't matter what this church is like, doesn't matter what your favorite preacher says, it matters what Bible says. It matters what Jesus, that is what matters, that's what we got to go for. And so we can get all hung up on what we believe, but what about the Bible say? Because the Bible says there's a narrow way, a narrow way you're going to get in, and not very many people are going to find it, and a whole lot of people are going to think they're on it. It's a wide path, but they're going to get to the end, and God's going to say, I don't know you, go to hell. And I don't want to be in that group. And I don't want any of you to be in that group. 
So the righteousness through the flesh, doing good things, will never earn us salvation. Now, here's, here's where I would like to apply this. I've preached this many, many times. And I feel like people sit here and they nod their head and they say, yeah, I agree with you. And then they go outside church and, and the things that we say, we're, we're not getting it. And, and so I wrestled with this all night long and I thought, we're not getting this. We're not understanding this. And I need to make it plain so they can understand it. Here's the problem. When you make it plain, that's when it offends. When you just make it real easy and plain where everybody understands, that's where, you, that's where the offense comes in. But I want you to understand why this matters. So number two is ramifications of error. What are the ramifications? What are the, what are the consequences of us getting this wrong? What if we don't get this right? Are there any consequences? I, I've been hung up on this ever since I've been pastoring, and I've heard people say things like this. What's the big deal? You see it your way, I'll see it my way, we, you know, we'll figure it out at the end. What if some of us don't go to heaven? Well, just leave it alone. We all have our own beliefs. We don't need to worry about it. Let's just, let's just all have our own opinions about it. Or I read the Bible this way, you read the Bible that way, we don't agree. But listen to me. God had a plan when he wrote the Bible, and it was for us to understand the gospel. And my job as your pastor is to tell you what the Bible says. So there are a lot of, of consequences, ramifications to getting this wrong. I have one statement here I hope I want to drive this home, and then I will get into the consequences. This is, this is really what's bothering me this morning. What if Satan could come up with something that looks so good that we would think we had the real thing, and we didn't have the real thing? Now, before I offend you and make you really mad and ticked off at me, if you were sitting here this morning and you don't have the real thing, do you want me to tell you or do you want me to just let you go to hell? Is is anybody getting this? I mean, this is important stuff because he said you're going to say, I'm a Christian, I know you, Lord. And he goes, I never knew you before, go to hell. And so we don't want to be in that memory. He said there's a very narrow gate that people are going to get in on and all the rest of the people on that wide gate and they're going to go to hell. And so it's important that we figure out how do we get on that narrow gate. And if Satan could, now here's the thing, if Satan could come up with a with something that looks so good that a lot of people would get on it thinking they're going to heaven, and millions and millions of people would be dumped into hell thinking they're on the straight and narrow, and they're actually on the broad way, he would have to make that as close to the real thing as he could. If you're going to make a $20 bill... You're going to print them off at home. Are you going to make them just the way you like them? It's going to be exactly like the government does it, right? As close as you can get it. Satan's not going to make a church that is, oh, well, obviously that's wrong. It's going to be as close to the right thing as it can so people will get involved with it and say, I love Jesus, I'm going to heaven, and they end up at the end going to hell. Is anybody following me? Okay, thank you. Got, got a few of you with me. All right, so let's look at... Let's look at some of the ways that I'm afraid we get off of the narrow path. This really, really scares me. I'm being as sincere as I can. I'm being as humble as I can this morning. This really scares me. Let's start with the easy one we can all throw stones at. When it comes to salvation, 
There are a lot of different beliefs out there. The Bible's really clear that, that we can't work our way to heaven. We can't be good enough to get to heaven. The Bible is clear that it is by trust in Jesus Christ. So there is a belief out here. I don't think that it is at this church. I don't think that anybody at this church believes that we can throw stones at them, but we'll get it ourselves in a minute. But there is a belief that says this. If I prayed a prayer and I believe in Jesus, I put my faith and trust in Jesus, it doesn't matter how evil or sinful I live the rest of my life, I'm going to heaven. We all see where that's not right. Right? We, all, we all understand that's not right. We, all, we understand that's not what the Bible says. The Bible clearly, clearly says that is not with, uh, that, that will not get you to heaven. But here's the problem with that. They say, I prayed a prayer. You know, someone walked them down the Romans road. They prayed a prayer. You believe in Jesus? Yes, I believe in Jesus. You know, you're going to give your life to Jesus? Yeah, I give my life to Jesus. I accept him as my Savior. He died on the cross for my sins. We go through the whole shmeal with them. They say, yeah, I got saved. They get up. They don't live any different. They continue to live in sin. And they say, I am trusting in Jesus. But I want to ask all of you guys, are they trusting in Jesus? They're not trusting in Jesus. Right? right? We, we know enough Bible to know that. We know that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. What is the Word of God? It is Jesus. And when you say you trust in Jesus but do everything He says don't do, then you don't trust it in Jesus. That's plain and simple. But how many of you know there are millions and millions in America today, there are millions of people who have prayed a prayer, have went to church, have been to the altar, and have convinced themselves they're going to heaven, and they're not living a Christian life. And in the end, they're going to say, I am a Christian. I remember witnessing to a man. I believe he was, I believe he was dying, if my memory serves me correctly. And he was, I believe, maybe in his like 50s or 60s. And I went to witness to him about salvation. And this is what he said. He said, Preacher, when I was nine years old, I went and got saved. I've been married 13 times, got drunk all my life, you know, never went to church, did all these evil things. But I know for sure, without a doubt, I'm going to heaven. Right? <laughs> How many of you think he made it to heaven? Right? See, he was trusting in something that wasn't going to get him to heaven. And we don't want to do that. And so that's one way that we, that we think we are trusting Jesus, but we didn't trust in Jesus at all because the Bible is real clear about that. But now let's bring it in. Let's bring it into us. Here's where it may get a little, little, bit, little bit sticky. I don't understand this. If, if maybe after church you can pull me aside because I've had people try to say this, and it, it, to me this just, just doesn't make any sense. And people in this church have said this, and, 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 and I've, it's wrong. It, it's not logical. The Bible's clear we are saved by faith and not by works. Is the Bible clear about that? Ephesians chapter 2, I mean, it just, there is the whole book of Romans. It's, we're saved by faith and not by works. Works will not save you. Everybody says they agree that works won't save you. And I've heard a lot of people stand up and say, yeah, works won't save you. Okay? And maybe every single person here would say faith or works won't save you. Well, explain this to me. Do we understand what works are? Works are going to church, reading your Bible, being good to your neighbor, tithing. Those are works. But those same people who say works won't save you, they say this. If you tell a lie, you can go to hell. You say a bad word, you can go to hell. You do something wrong, you go to hell. That's salvation by works. <laughs> I lost about three quarters of you right there. <laughs> lost about three quarters of you. See, it's either about us or it's about him, but it can't be about both of us. 
It's either Jesus Christ is going to get me into heaven or I'm going to get me into heaven. But it can't be both of us because he doesn't work that way. It's either all him or it's all us. And you can't say it's not by works, but it's not by works. But if I do everything right till I get there, I get to go to heaven because that won't work. Let me let you in on a little secret. Those of you who believe that way, you're not going to do everything right. And you're going to you're going to get to the end and realize that. Here's what scares me to death. I've preached this so many times, and I know a lot of you think I'm just tired of that broken record. But here's the thing that's really, really bothering me. What if you say you're a Christian, but you're depending on, am I living a good enough life to get me there? And you were never depending on Jesus from the beginning. Where will you go? You're going to go to hell. So you've been in church for 30 years. You've paid your tithes. You've read your Bible. You've prayed your prayers. You've been good to your neighbor. You've come to this church. You've done everything else. But you were never counting on Jesus. You were counting on you. Am I good enough? Did I do everything right? Was I always what I should be? Did I do all the things? And you get to the end and Jesus said, "Uh, you left me out of that. It wasn't about you. It was about me. And you die and you go to hell. People say, well, it doesn't matter how we believe about salvation. We believe all these different ways. It does matter. Listen, there's one way to get to You know what I believe the narrow way is? I believe the narrow way is Jesus Christ. I believe the narrow way is believing in Jesus Christ. I, I lay my head down and I know that I will go to heaven, not because I've not sinned, not because I've not done wrong, because I have faith in Jesus Christ. He will get me to heaven. When I get to the end, he'll say, that's one of mine. Come on in. He won't say he lived a perfect life, never did anything wrong, and just let him come in because he was so good. But a lot of people believe that. And because they believe that, I'm starting to really worry if they never added Jesus to what they have. Brother Charles, you're not good enough to go, buddy. I love you, but you're not good enough. You ain't going to make it. It takes Jesus. Without Jesus, we can't go. And listen, Jesus is not a little add-on. You know, I'm not perfect, so I just need a little bit of help. No, you don't. You need someone to do it for you. He died on the cross because you could not live the life, and he paid the price that you could not pay, and he lived a holy, perfect life so you could count on his righteousness to get you to heaven. And anything else will take you to hell. And if we want to be on that narrow way, we have to go God's way. And God's way is not what I can do, but what Jesus has already done. And I don't believe there's any other way to go to heaven. I don't believe any other way to go to heaven. So let me give you one more that really bothers me. And I, I, I really struggled on whether or not to do this or not. I hope you guys know that I love you. But I hear a lot of comments coming that really, really bothers me. See, here's the thing. I'm the pastor of this church, and if you guys got this thing all mixed up, that means it's my fault. And some of you guys got this thing all mixed up. And so I'm probably going to offend some right now, but let me, just, let me just try to sort this out a little bit. I'm real quick. I have been ever since I've been pastor. I'm real quick. And a lot of people think I shouldn't do this, but I'm real quick to say that's a cult. That is a cult. I have no problem calling something a cult. I'm not embarrassed about it. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm very quick to call something a cult. All I have to do to find a cult, 
I don't care what the name above the door is. If they do not believe Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, it's a call. Just that simple. Okay? If someone's going to a church believing their ways, I don't need to know everything. All I need to know is what are you going to do with Jesus? Is Jesus what's getting you to heaven or is it something else? Now, we can look at the Muslims and we can say things like, you know, find fault with the way they live. Here's the thing. How many of you know that for the Muslims are a whole lot more dedicated and have a whole lot higher standards than most Baptists? Right? I mean, it's kind of hard. They're going to look at us and say, well, if you find a fault with us, we're going to find some fault with you. That's not the question. What'd you do with Jesus? What'd you do with Jesus? If you don't believe, see, they believe Jesus is a great prophet and they believe he was a great man and a great teacher and a great example, but he wasn't the son of God. That is a cult that will take you to hell. Now, they may live better. Than, they pray seven times a day and they will give their life for Allah and they'll do, you know, they'll dress a certain way and they'll, all, they'll have their whole entire, they're completely sold out and dedicated. But they got Jesus wrong. And so they live this life all of their lives thinking they're doing what's right and they get to the end and they go to hell. Right? Jehovah Witnesses. Can I just tell you, Jehovah Witnesses are way more dedicated than you guys are? I mean, those, I mean, those guys are dedicated. The whole tenet of Jehovah Witnesses, aside from the fact that they don't believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, beside from that little problem, their whole tenet is you get to heaven by being good enough, by working hard enough. So if you work hard enough, you get to go to heaven. Now, can I just say, a lot of them are a lot better than you guys. They do things right. So they're living a very, that's exactly what we read in Romans. They're living exactly right outwardly, but they get to the end and Jesus said, what'd you do with me? (laughs) And he says, you got to go to hell, right? And we can look at all kinds of denominations. We can look at Christian denominations. Let me ask you this question. In the United States of America, there are a lot of churches that have the name Christian over the door. Are all those people going to heaven? No. A whole lot of them ain't going to heaven. But here's what I hear people saying, and this is really what I want you guys to get this, because I am responsible for you guys, okay? Here's what, I, here's what I hear people saying. Well, I know the Catholics, they're not going to heaven because they cuss. Ain't got a thing to do with it. Because they can look at us Baptists and say, yeah, but you guys don't do this right. Right? And now, we, we, can look at the, we can look at this other denomination and say, well, we know they're not right. They, 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 they have modern church services. We know they're not going to heaven. That ain't what it's about. See, what, I, what I'm saying is, I hear people judging whether it's Christian or whatever, or it's not Christian by outward things. What you got to do is, what are they doing with Jesus? And so, if a, if, a, if a church is not saying the only way we can get to heaven is by Jesus Christ, that is a cult. That is a cult that will send people to hell. No different than David Koresh or any of those other craziness. It's just as bad. If it is a big denomination, it will still send people to hell. If they don't say Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, you're not going to heaven. So, we could name a whole bunch of denominations and we could compare notes and we could say, how do they live compared to how do the Baptists live? Truth be known, in a lot of ways, all of those denominations would be better than the Baptist. Okay? There's some really dedicated... Renee just had this conversation with me. She said, honey, she said, I don't understand. 
She said the Catholics, they're, they're against abortion. They don't believe in divorce. They're, they're good. They're, they have good families. You know, they, they got all, they're doing all the right things. And they believe in Jesus. They gotta be going. Right? They gotta be going. They believe in Jesus and they're good to their family. And they believe in almost everything we do. And truth be known, there's a lot of Catholics living a whole lot better life than what we are. That ain't what it's about. And that's where some of you guys got it really wrong. You're judging by, are they sinning or are they not sinning? That's not, the, that's not determined. Whenever you say, I'm doing all these things so God will accept me, you've done left the gospel out. Because the gospel is Jesus died for my sins, and that is how I will get to heaven. When you go to Mass to earn, and that's what they believe, to earn your forgiveness... That is works. And Jesus said, oh, what about what I did? Now, if you talk in name about Jesus, but you still have to work to get there, it's not salvation. It's not salvation. It's not, listen, it's not, it's not. What I'm trying to get across is we, we so often we judge by they're doing this sin or they're doing that sin. Listen, let's quit doing that. Baptists sin all the time. You guys sin all the time. I think this is the best church there is anywhere you can find in the country. And you guys sin all the time. We can't be saying, well, the Catholics do this and this and this and this and this. No, no, no. How, what do they do with Jesus? Because that's the only way you're going to get there. That's the only way you're going to get there. If, if you don't fall down and say, I am completely inadequate to live this life, I cannot be good enough, I cannot please him, I cannot be what he requires, the only hope I have is Jesus Christ. I believe you're going to miss heaven. And that scares me. Because I've known some really good people that I really, really love in free will Baptist churches that I don't think are dependent on Jesus. They're dependent on how good they are. They've got a list of rules, and you've got to do all these rules, or you're not going to make it to heaven. And, and if you don't do this and this and this and this and this and this, you're not going to be saved. Where does it say that in the Bible? It doesn't. But what it does say is, if we count on Him, He will get us to heaven. Right? And so... I think it's pretty serious that we get on that narrow way. So I think that narrow way is saying, I am no good, and it's all about Jesus. And anything else, I'm afraid, is going to fall, is going to fall short. So, <clears throat> number three, last point, number three, real church. This is exciting. If we got through that, this is exciting. What does a real church look like? If we are to be a New Testament church, if we are to, at Sand Hill Church, we want to be a New Testament church, we want to be a real church. Not with our tongues, but from our heart, we have to know it's all about Jesus. Not about our goodness, not about how good we live, not about the things that we do or the things we accomplish, not about how great our camp is, not about how good our church services are, not about how good our singing is, not about any of those things. It is not about any of that. It is about Jesus. That is what a good church is. It's all about Jesus. And when people come in, they shouldn't say, I can't believe the singing, I can't believe the preaching, I can't believe the camp. They ought to say, I can't believe about Jesus. He's the one we display. He's the one we lift up. We, we were at a little church down there, Brother Terry and, and Brother Bobby and all of Brother Jeff and Mary and all of them. Uh, we was down there and we went into this little church down there and they said, let's, let's start singing. Church. And so we started having church down there, but Charles knows those little churches down there. And we just started, people just started flocking in. 
And this is what Brother Terry said. He said, I was sitting there thinking that if you lift up Jesus, it'll draw other people to you. Amen? See, here at Sand Hill, we say, well, how do we grow the church? Lift Jesus up. Don't show them how good we are. Show them how good Jesus is. When people come through the door, say, we want to tell you how good Jesus is, not how good we are. Well, if you be like us, you might get to go to heaven. No, 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 no. That stinks in the nostrils of God. He says, your righteousness is as filthy rags. Can I, can I tell you what filthy rags are? It's what women use about once a month. That is what your righteousness is compared to. It is filthy. It is disgusting. It is nasty. Your very best disgusts God. When they come in, we say, oh, we don't deserve to go to heaven. But can we show you Jesus? And they say, I think I'd like to be a part of that church. See, it's all about Jesus. It isn't about us. It's all about him. And so when it's all about Jesus, can I just tell you, when it's all about Jesus, it's fun to come to church. It is joy. It is exciting. It is fun. Can I just tell you this? You know, I've been preaching this for a long, long time, and I think most of you got it. But can I just tell you this? If every one of you here that have been here, whether you've been here for six months or for 40 years, if every one of you realizes you were a rotten, no good for nothing scoundrel and deserve to go to hell... When that prostitute comes in the back door, you're not going to be prideful. You're going to say, I ain't very good either. Come on in, sis, we'll help you. Right? And let me show you to Jesus because we ain't no good either. And we're, no ba- we're not those righteous saints that got it all together. We're a bunch of messed up people who need Jesus. Can we bring you to Jesus so you can find him too? And the drug addict and those who have messed up and those who have done all kinds of things wrong. And the Christian who has fallen and made mistakes. They are welcome because they don't feel uh, that they are being looked down upon. They're in the midst of people who say we're just lifting up Jesus here. And that will draw people in. You guys know this is true. We need to change this, by the way. But you guys know this is true. But you know why most people won't go to church? You know, there are a lot of people out there today. In the world we live in today, it's a messed up world. Amen? It's a messed up world. Most people have slept around a lot. Most people have been drunks a lot. Most people have ruined their families a lot. And then you invite them to church. You know what? I get this joke all the time. Well, the roof will fall in if I come. Do you know why they say that? Because they think they're coming to a bunch of self-righteous people who are going to look down their noses and tell them how bad they are. And what we need to say is, hey, look, I'm in the same boat as you. I can't make it without Jesus. You made some mistakes. Let me help you. Get to Jesus. And then when they get saved, we just help them to learn the Bible so they can live what the Bible says and do what Jesus says. And it ain't about us or our standards or what we say. It's about Jesus. And I believe that will, I believe that will be attractive to the world. And it isn't this, come as you are, stay as you are, we don't want to change it. It is, come as you are, we'll not reject anybody. And when you get to Jesus, we're going to let him take care of it from there. Right, we're going to let him take care of it. How many of you think Jesus does a pretty good job of cleaning people up? Amen. Amen. Now this is really important. Everybody with me. How many of you think the church does a really sorry job of cleaning people up? Have you ever seen people, you need to do this. You need to straight, you need to do that. And you need to do what I say. And this is how I believe. You got... How many of you have ever seen people really do better that way? They don't do better that way. But if we get them to Jesus, they do better. They do better. Amen? And that's the whole thing. Is we gotta, church can't be about us. And, and This sounds very judgmental, but I go to a lot of churches. Most churches are not about Jesus. Most churches are about the people. Don't you sit in my seat. I've had that for 40 years. Get, get out of my seat. Right? It's my church. 
The way we do it now, don't you come here and try and change something. It's my church. Right? How many of you think that's attractive? How many of you think people really are looking for that? I can't wait to find a church where somebody tells me everything i got to do and they don't love Jesus. But when we say Jesus is what this church is about, people want to be a part of that. Because it's all about Jesus. Amen? And that's what we got to do at this church. There will be a supernatural love. There will be a humility that is, that is just natural because we realize we're no good. Now, I believe this, and I believe we have proven this at Sand Hill Church. Sister George, you can amen me here, okay? There won't be fighting and division when we make it all about Jesus. Amen? You go in these churches, they can't stand each other, and half of them hate the other one. They won't speak to them. They're mad at each other. It's all about getting my way and all about fighting and all this. You know why that is? Because it ain't about Jesus. It's all about you. And when you make it quit being about you and make it all about Jesus, we ain't got nothing to fight about because ain't none of us no good. And what I want doesn't really matter. Let's just do what Jesus says. And there's no reason to fight because we're just all following Jesus. And we all get along and love each other and have a fun time because it's all about Jesus. And that's the kind of church I want to go to. That's the kind of church I want to go to. My righteousness, my outward acts will never make me acceptable to God. I fall down on my face in a humble heart and I say, God, I can't do it. Will you take this miserable sinner? Brother Bobby, I get up behind a pulpit and I say, Lord, I can't do this. I, 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 I don't have the ability. I'm not, I, I can't do this. Either you will do it or it will not get done because I can't do it. Everybody has to have that same attitude. I can't do it. It's not how good I can sing. It's not how good I can testify. It's not how pretty I am. It's not all the things I can do. It's not how good I've lived through it. It ain't none of that. It is all I cannot do it. And I need Jesus or we're not going to be able to get it done. And when we do that, I think we're going to have church. And see, things have changed around here. Just since just this year, things have changed around here. But you know what I really think has changed? I think that most people in this church, we're having phenomenal church services. We're having great things. People are being drawn. A lot of really exciting things are happening. But you know what I think the difference is? I think we forgot about us and started thinking about him. <laughs> and all of a sudden we started having church. <laughs> they didn't do it the way I wanted. I wanted, I wanted four songs and not three songs. Well, sit there and be mad then. We're going to worship Jesus. Amen. Right? I don't like this and I don't like that. And I don't, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to pow. Well, pow. Go home. Be mad. We're going to worship Jesus. That, that's what church is about. It's too hot in here. It's too cold in here. The PA was too loud. It wasn't loud enough. Uh, listen to me. When you sit here thinking that way, you will not get blessed because it's about you. But when you say, don't care about me, I care about Jesus. And the most important thing is that you guys are worshiping him. And I'll be too hot if that's what it takes because I want my Lord to be worshiped. We'll have church. What do you think Jesus says when he comes into his building, by the way, to his church, by the way, and we're not paying attention to him because we didn't get what we want? <laughs> Can I tell you, if you come to my house, that's not going to work so good. If it's my house and you're going to run it, you're going to leave. This is my house. Jesus's house ought to be about Jesus and what Jesus wants. And it ain't about you guys. 
It's all about him. And I, and I believe this. But Charles, I believe this. Maybe, maybe I'm just naive, but I believe this. I believe this church is not nearly big enough to contain the people who will come if we make it all about Jesus. Because people want this. There are, this is the saddest statement I could ever make. There are multitudes of people who don't want to go to hell who are sick of the church. A self-righteous, I'm not even going to say the rest of the words, that need to put Jesus first. But when you have a church that says it's all about Jesus, we love each other, we get along, we can't wait to be together, we have fun when we're here, we worship God, and it is amazing. This building's not big enough to hold all the people who want to come here. Amen? We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and bolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.